Welcome everyone to Locker Room Rewind, brought to you by Chunky Nelms Insurance. Access to over 20 insurance companies to give you the best value. This is Locker Room Rewind. Week 9 of the high school football season is almost here. Week 5 for those larger schools, 5A and 6A. Jaden, 15 total matchups, 10 here in the Concho Valley. And we have a ton of big games this week. Yeah, this might be one of the better lineups we've had as far as local teams, like just from a competitive aspect. There were some good ones last week. There's been some good ones every week. But just week nine could be the week that we're – week nine has been a week I've been waiting for for quite a while. Highly anticipated. We have games that could decide district championships. We have games that can decide uh, the different seedings within the districts. A lot to get to. We'll run through all of those matchups. Some we'll spend a little more time on. Some we uh, will just give our our projections and our predictions on. Let's start with the weekly rankings that were were released on Monday. Wall dropped from number nine out of the top ten completely in Class Three A Division One after losing to now number seven Jim Ned twenty eight to eight. That's pretty expected. Cristoval remains at number eight in Class 2A Division II after blowing out Menard 66-0 in Sterling City. Boy, do they have a test this week. We'll get to that later. They stayed at number two in 1A Division I after its game against Highland was postponed to October 31st. I mean, like you said, Westwick and Sterling City. That's that's the one, man. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one I've been waiting on for five weeks now. We've so. been talking about it on here for about five yeah, weeks now. Yeah, I mean, like. it's it's that's <laughs> going to be fun. So let's go ahead and let's start in District 2-6A with those Central Bobcats. They looked phenomenal on offense last week in their 53-32 win over Abilene, and they have uh, a pretty tricky Friendship Tiger team. They're going on the road. People's Bank Stadium kickoff time set for 7 p.m. Friendship coming off. A 37-27 or 37-23 win, excuse me, over Midland High last week. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Midland High actually hung around in the first half mm-hmm. of that game. But two teams that started district with a win. Uh, wh- what do you make of this matchup? First thoughts. Well, initially, I would think coming into this season, I thought friendship was right there with the top portion of this this district, and really. It, in true honesty at this point this district looks like it could go any direction after especially after permian beating lee last week you know that lee came in as the favorites but i really looked at permian central abilene and friendship as kind of tossing up you know a toss-up between the four of those teams and now you can add ab or midland lee into the mix of that and you know so i feel like we tend to to ride the wave of what happened the week before you know the one thing that i guess really sticks out to me with friendship was just kind of how midland high a team that maybe isn't known for having a ton of success in recent years they've struggled kind of hung around and and yeah friendship i think rattled off 30 unanswered points and you know that they took care of them midway through the second quarter and the third quarter and then it just it was a you know done deal but regardless friendship friendship's a good football team and i think that this will be a challenge for the cats because they've i think i um one of the things i've noticed is 
since I've been here, they play really, really good at home. Great at home. And last week, that was their best game that they've played all season long. But the few times that they've traveled, you know, I feel like they've they might have played down to what they're really capable of doing. And so it'll be interesting. That'll, that, I think that will be a big factor. And then it's Friendship's homecoming, which, you know, I know that's not a, a huge deal, but you have to factor that kind of stuff into Always it. adds more, you know, flair to the game. Uh, you mentioned one thing that stood out about Friendship last week. One thing that stood out about Central last week was the zero penalties, zero turnovers, zero sacks, one drop ball. That's never happened in Central history. And I was actually doing some research so that stat line, the zero penalties, zero sacks, and zero turnovers, only three teams have ever done that in the NFL, ever. Since the, I think it was since the 1970 merger. It, the Bucks last Sunday against the Packers, Indy versus Cleveland in 1999, and Minnesota versus the Rams in 1972. Wow. Crazy, right? That is actually very impressive. That is crazy. Uh, but one thing about this matchup, and we just need to go ahead and get it out of the way, is Dave Campbell's has this game as a pick'em? Yeah, and we talked about that on Saturday. I think we both disagree with that. Yeah, I feel. I feel like I think what friendship was favored by two on Saturday. The computers updated, and it, they've got it as a pick'em. I I feel like this is Central's game to lose. I, I really do. I think Central. You know, while I said it's kind of a, a five, it's a five-team race. I really look at it as. I mean, since. Central beat Abilene. I, I feel like Permian and Lee should be able to beat Abilene. I think Abilene will be able to, you know, give them a run for their money, no doubt about that. But I I kind of feel like it's Central and Permian. That matchup here in a few weeks could, you know, dictate a share of a district title and, you know, all that fun stuff. So I, I feel like just after last week, one week of district, the fact that friendships going on their second quarterback uh, and it's not that Gandy didn't play well I think he he kind of started a little rusty and I mean clearly they started rusty offensively and uh, they you know turned it up and they've got a good running back I think it's uh, William Bay Bayouth or uh, Bayhuth. he uh, he's he's not a bad bad back and one of the things that coach Davis was really pointing out was defensively they they throw everything out there they they'll line up in a three-man front they'll line up in a five-man front you know they'll they'll bring the house they'll you know drop everyone back <laughs> i mean it's it, they they do a ton of stunts with their linebackers uh in in defensive backs so you know he said that's one of the things that he was really looking at and i guess one of the other things that he pointed out was that in man coverage they've they he feels like in if they play them up in man coverage that that they'll be okay like, like this the receiver is, speed is good. which is what they like to do as well yeah i mean and and so it and your point exactly and the, the receiving core had a really good week for the bobcats last week we saw the hill brothers perform very well uh jalen lifesty who was the senior returner played really well and then the big, the big one was Seth Levesque, and and what a transfer, you know, coming over to Central, what uh, you know, a talent he's been to to add to that receiving core, and and they've also got other guys like Trip Noble, Caden Box, you know, they've got what started out as kind of a, a massive rotation. I feel like they're kind of narrowing it down, 
And, you know, and then Samuel Navarrete uh, coming up from JV and, and doing what he did last week. So I think the I think Central on offense will, will do just fine against Friendship's defense. No, the recipe for success is there in this matchup for Central. Uh, like you mentioned, the skill players starting to settle in. Malachi Brown had the best game of the season uh, last week, if not one of the best games of his career as a three-year starter for Central. 19 of 28, 336 yards, five touchdowns. He also had 55 yards on the ground. Seth Levesque, over 100 yards. Weston Hill, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Hill, also a touchdown. Uh, the skill receivers will thrive with just how versatile they are with their speed and man coverage, which, like we said, Coach Davis is, um, is, is confident that that friendship will throw that out there. On the offensive end, though, what's also good for Central is that, yes, even though friendship – they throw a whole lot of different things at you defensively. Uh, Coach Davis says offensively, they tend to stick to their identity on offense, which is also good. Yeah, and, and if that offense plays like it did last week, I think that they're going to be a really hard team to beat. I mean, it's that was, you know, we, we can say that it was their best game of the season for the obvious reason that they won their first game. But, I mean, just from a production standpoint, you, you mentioned the turnovers and uh, zero turnovers, zero penalties. Those were the things that were killing them and hurting them a bunch. Hurt them in that clean game, you know, it, against shirts uh, that that hurt them a lot. Uh, as far you know, AM consolidated. They they kind of picked it up and did a better job. But you know that, and then Malachi only what they threw. He threw six incomplete passes or seven incomplete passes for the game. I mean, it. If you're doing that offensively, it's going to be really hard to to beat someone if you can't if you can't if, if someone's that accurate throwing the football you know what he put up 344 336 five touchdowns i mean and and that's that's giving him a break and letting tyler come in in the yeah. fourth quarter so yeah i mean i i'm confident about the bobcats i hope i'm not doing like the whole announcers jinx kind of thing with that <laughs> um I, yeah i i think that you you win this game and then the idea behind that would going forward forward would be playing Odessa. That should be an easy win. Playing Midland that should be an easy win. And then, as I kind of stated earlier, that Permian game here in San Angelo would be massive because you know unless someone like Abilene comes in and beats Permian or something, another shocker. Then it could be one of those games that determines a district championship or at least. You know, Central can at least claim a share of the district title because they'll have to go on the road to play Lee the following week. So, yeah, I, I feel like you get past this game and then you'll have two weeks to, to really kind of don't overlook the next two, but get ready for a, a huge game. Absolutely. A couple more things on friendship before we move on. Coach Davis says the Tigers are about 55% pass, 45% run. You mentioned uh, – how friendship is missing their original starter at quarterback through three games. So now they have a guy, Corbin Gandy, who will start. Uh, he is similar frame to, to the original, original starter, not as much as a runner. Um, Coach Davis says his arm strength is there. His accuracy really is not. Uh, so, Hey, they're 55% pass. Let's, let's let him unloose it. Have him make some, uh, some, some tight throws and, and uh, get the ball back, score some points. He, he's about 58% completion on the season, uh, 22 with 38 to be exact, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, another guy to look out for, Carson Miller at wide receiver, six foot three, 
170 pounds. He had seven catches for 122 yards last week against Midland High on the season. 16 catches, 296 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, contained Carson Miller. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the central friendship game. Um, pretty I, much in a nutshell. I feel like <laughs> it would be kind of also you know one of the things we we reference Davis a lot. Um, but one of the things he did also say is that. They have a big offensive line. And while they tend to be more of a pass, you know, from a play call standpoint, they might pass the ball more. But just from a statistical standpoint, and there are four games, three of them, they had a better, did a better job running the ball as far as picking up overall yards than they did throwing the ball. And while uh, Bayouth is, is the, he's the featured back, I mean, he's getting 14 to 20 carries a game. He he's only really had one game. It looks like where he's gone over a hundred yards. The uh, it was the first game against Cordon, uh, Lubbock Coordinado. The rest of them, he's you know going for 75, 77, uh, 77 and then last week he uh, put up sixty four. So he gets a lot of touches, but it's it's not like uh, well that was centennial that he put up sixty four. But um, <laughs> but the point I guess I'm trying to make is while I, I'm I'm crediting their offensive line. The quarterback is is mobile in this offense. The quarterback will carry the ball. Even last week, Gandy um, did run the ball four times, 35 yards, scored a touchdown. So you got to keep that option in there as well uh, when kind of you know looking at this from, from a central defense perspective. But the Bobcats defense last week stepped up. I mean, we were talking about how good of a game it was and everything. And I, I, we mentioned a lot of the offense. The defense played really well also. They Flying forced, around. forced three turnovers. They had some crucial stops in the first half where, you know, if, if Abilene High scores a touchdown in the red zone, you know, it, it makes things a lot more interesting. It makes it well, obviously a more competitive game, but also, you know, that, that kind of can be a momentum shift. They hold them to field goals twice. So, I feel like the Bobcats' defense stepping up is is going to be another big key to this game as well. Absolutely. You have Central. I have Central. We'll see if Central uh, can show up on the road Friday. People's Bank Stadium at Friendship. Kickoff time set for 7 p.m. Let's go, go ahead and transition to District 2-4A Division One. Lakeview hosting, um, I guess, district favorite out of 2-4A Division One. Andrews. Uh, a San Angelo Stadium, 7 p.m. Andrews, Dave Campbell's has them favored by 37 mistakes. They hurt the Chiefs last week in their 65-28 loss to Fort Stockton last week. Five turnovers, three fumbles, four, uh, four touchdowns in the second quarter alone with four two-point conversions. I feel like with this game against Andrews, Lakeview will need to play, <laughs> and I don't think it's any kind of argument. Will have to play their best football of the season if they want to beat Andrews. That means very few penalties, no turnovers, and execute. I think this is, you know, it's hard to say. Like, Sweetwater was a really good football team and is a really good football team, but I do feel like you're right. Um, they're probably going to have to play their best game of the season because Andrews, you know, while they're, they've, I think they've suffered what two losses this season. It's six it's, and two. It's come against good teams. Uh, I think they lost to, to Canyon, who who's a, a good football team, and I think they lost to Midland Greenwood, mm -hmm. who is a you know another good football team. I'm very basic with the good football teams there, but no, <laughs> it's so, true it, though. It, it's but true. yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, yes, they're they're good, and you know this Andrews team has been 
Well, at least last, I mean, last season they were, they were awesome. Uh, and, and this season, while they had to replace a really good quarterback, uh, and for some reason his name is Leach. Brett Leach, yeah. Um, yeah going back to my uh, Midland Reporter Telegram days there uh, with Brett Leach and, and Marquise Lawrence, I felt like I, I heard those guys' names a ton. Well, I did. I know I heard those guys' names, and they were always producing massive numbers, you know, from their sophomore years pretty much to now i mean and, and leach graduated but they've they've got a guy that stepped in and and has played re- pretty well for them ej lopez at quarterback uh hasn't kind of missed a beat i think last week he threw for 397 yards against big spring uh that's a that's a dang good game and and i think big Spring's one of those teams that you could make an argument that might be the second best team in this district right now. Yeah, they like to sling it around. Coach Guevara, when we talked to him on Tuesday, he said they just simply they just simply do everything well. It's pretty much what he told mm-hmm. us. Uh, going back to EJ Lopez, 397 yards last week against Big Spring. That's a season high, by the way, for him. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. When you can throw three touchdowns, 397 yards, and complete 60% of your passes, like you said – Pretty dang good game. <laughs> yeah, um, no doubt. I mean, and that's that's efficiency. Efficiency wins you football games. Not turning the ball over wins you football games. And Andrews, surprisingly, they had four turnovers against Big Spring. And Big Spring, now Big Spring made it a game. Like I, I, I want to kind of state that. Like Andrews jumped out and and got after him and everything, but midway i guess it's mid not even midway through the second quarter it was after halftime they were down 35 to 7 and big spring put together 21 points in the third quarter and made it a one score game going into the fourth and then andrews being the team that they are you know got their act together kept big spring in check and then you know pulled it out pulled the win out so kind of sounds like big spring had a, a lakeview Sweetwater type game yeah <laughs> in a way yes and and I guess if we're hitting back on the Chiefs just to quickly talk about last week I know we're doing a preview cast but you know I I think I stated this on Saturday but Lakeview that that was probably the worst game they've played all season long and I felt like if you you just look at the score in the second quarter it was 26 to 14 that was when there was still no turnovers involved and those three bad snaps, two on punts and one where Albert couldn't, could, he just couldn't scoop the ball yeah. up. It was a bat. It was low. He he tried his best and scoop and score touchdown for Fort Stockton. That that'll suck the wind out of you. Football is a mentality game, and uh, you know I've I've hit on this before, but it really is like if we we talk about the cliches and sports and everything, but you really have to believe something and. That leads me into my point, I guess, for this game this week, that these kids on Lakeview want to beat Andrews so bad. I, I mean, I, I feel like everyone wants to beat Andrews because they're the district they're, favorites they're the top and dogs. they're the reigning district champions. But with that being said, I think it's it's one of those things that kind of has been kindled up through junior varsity, and th- they just, you know, this senior group has done a lot for for what Lakeview's accomplished. And they're, you know, this is, I think, Coach Guevara's full freshman to uh, senior year graduating class. I've, I've said before, this is their best start through seven games, and now they're in eight. Um, 
I, I feel like this would be kind of just the cherry on top for them. And, and no matter what else happened the rest of the season, this would be just, you know, your final home game at San Angelo Stadium, pulling out a win against the big dogs, Andrews, the big, scary district favorite, Andrews. That, I don't know. There really isn't much analysis other than like if if Lakeview wants to win win this football game it's going to boil down to they putting them putting last week's game in the past which I think they've done a good job with the positive mindset and you know being able to bounce back week to week and not let just one game dictate how they're going to play the next week and offensively this an offense that's played really well this season has to have one of its have has to have its best game ever. Albert has Albert Rodriguez has played really well this year at quarterback. I'd, I'd say he's probably the best player on the Chiefs. He's got capable receivers that just need to catch the ball, and and Albert has to be able to make throws that aren't. He he's got a cannon on him, so he'll overthrow <laughs> receivers every once in a while, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing because they don't they don't lead to turnovers. But, you know, that that has to happen. And Lakeview's defense, the biggest thing out of this entire matchup, Lakeview's defense has to step up. They have to stop the run. They they have to stop the run. I know Andrews is going to, to spread it out and, and be a pass-happy team. But if I'm game planning against Lakeview and I've seen what other teams have done against them this season, I would start out trying to run the ball down their throat. And we'll see. I mean, it, it's <laughs> – if they can stop the run, though, then I feel like Lakeview can hang around with them because of my points being made with their offense. We will see. We know the the Lakeview Chiefs, the players on this team, they want it. The Northside Pride fans, the diehard Northside Pride fans, I didn't know how long these two teams, how long this, this rivalry dates back, actually, between Andrews and Lakeview until I looked into it. So Lakeview, according to Lone Star Football Network, 7-35 and 35 all-time against Andrews. Their last win coming back in 2002. Uh, they picked up three straight wins before that in 1994, 95, and 96. They've really been playing each other consistently since 1970s. Uh, there was a five-year break between 2005 and 2010. There's also some 1950s matchups, which is kind of like right shocking in, to me. Right, well, that's right when Lakeview you know, came into the fold. When they were that that's like the established when mm -hmm. when they were established as a school so this is me educating myself andrews versus lakeview dates back pretty pretty uh pretty long and andrews has, has been pretty dominant so you know this this lakeview chiefs team they want it this fan base they want it uh the football program you know they want this win uh andrews six and two entering this game one and oh in district lakeview four and four oh and one in district kickoff time from san angelo stadium 7 p.m on friday we will see if the chiefs can pull it out going down to district 33a division one uh the wall hawks uh, it was announced on monday that their game against breckenridge was canceled due to covid 19 related issues the hawks were awarded a seven point win the other teams in that district so tlca they're hosting number seven jim ned tough test for the eagles 7.30 p.m. Lakeview Stadium, and then Clyde is going on the road. Clyde's also 2-0, mm -hmm. going on the road at Early, who is 1-1. One one. Uh, that that one, I think, probably, at least in that district, have the two. I mean, that's the more interesting game. Well, we'll see. I 
I felt like early was going to lose to Breckenridge. I kind of felt like Breckenridge was maybe – I think when I did my district, you know, playoff standings, like, you know, how the district would pan out, I had Breckenridge as my four, and it looks like early might be the team that's going to get the four. So we'll see. I mean, maybe they – Maybe they're a little bit better than what people thought coming into the year, and, and they can uh, pull one over Clyde, and that would make things, you know, pretty. Uh, that would do the Hawks a lot of good. So, but yeah, I mean, and then that Jim Ned TLCA game. Uh, I mean, it, Jim Ned's probably gonna. I agree to win that one pretty easy. Wall uh, also just throw this out there. Wall not scheduling an opponent for Friday's game, so they'll have uh, this week off. Before. Which I, I think was a good move. No, I was yeah, kind of on Monday. Solid. I was like, man, I wish they would – because you see, like, Gunter's out there <laughs> looking for an opponent. Pottsboro's out there looking for an opponent. It's like I love Coach Guy's method of scheduling, and I, I, was, I was hoping that maybe he would uh, throw in a big, big matchup and they would end up playing in wall. But I actually feel like coming off of last week's game, this is a good chance for them to kind of breathe, regroup, regroup yep. get ready for that last stretch of games. And as, as we mentioned on the Saturday podcast, maybe not the worst thing in the world that Wall lost. I I know they're crushed because it more than likely means they're not going to win a district championship. But they will also be on the side of the bracket that allows them potentially – now they'll have to get through shallow water. Shallow water's looking good. Uh, where they can meet up with Brock in a regional final. Nine straight years of district championships in jeopardy for Wall. Uh, someone's going to have to beat Jim Ned if they want to keep that alive. So. Yeah, they're going to have to beat him. Jim Ned's going to have to lose. So we, yeah. will, we will see what happens there in District 3-3A Division 1. Going down to 2-3A Division 2, Bangs and Sonora. They have a huge showdown at Bronco Stadium. Kickoff 7 p.m. Bangs favored by 12. These two teams, they have uh, a common opponent with Ingram Moore district, also a district opponent. Bangs beat Ingram Moore 47 to 15 last week. Sonora beat Ingram Moore 28 to 13 two weeks ago. Both of these teams, Bangs and Sonora, they both like to to keep it on the ground. Um, I kind of have a feeling Bangs Bangs might just be a better version of Sonora. Yeah. In, in way in a way. Um, Man, and I, I was telling you, we were talking yesterday about Bangs' running back, Ethan Sanchez, and this kid this, this kid can play some football. Uh, 89 carries, 1,055 yards, 16 touchdowns this season. He had season highs of 319 yards in week three against Winters on 20 carries, three touchdowns. His rushing yards alone, the 1,055 rushing yards alone, accounts for 37% of Bangs' total yards this season, which is which is insane. But then on the flip side, on Sonora's side, you have Preston Gonzalez, who's extremely, extremely competent mm-hmm. with running the football. You also have uh, Hunter O'Bannon, the sophomore, who's kind really coming up. up. Yeah. He's really coming up the past two weeks, really. He had 245 yards last week um, in Sonora's win. Bang. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game, I I, I think really. And Bangs undefeated entering this game. That's well. what I was about to yeah. But if you look at kind of the strength of their opponents, then other than Holly, Holly's the real big win for them on their schedule. I would I would say, uh, and you know Sonora has, I, I wouldn't necessarily play say they played a a, a tough non district schedule, but it wasn't an easy one by any stretch either. So yeah, and then once they got that win over Eldo, they've kind of 
they've, they've, they've rattled off three straight and you know seem to be adapting to i know they they were changing they've been changing over to a wing t it's coach cheryl's second year they're they're extremely young it seems like they're getting some guys like you said with o'bannon um you know guys that are younger that are, are finding their place within the football team you my my feeling is it's bangs and ballinger in this district but you know, if, if Sonora beats Bangs, it would not be one of those things that I think a lot of people would be shocked by. I think Bangs is favored in this one by 12 points. So it's not like they've got the Dragons just going into Sonora and just dominating it. And one of the things that will be, you know, that, that Sonora does really well is, is keeping the ball away from opponents. And since they're having more success on offense in recent weeks, uh, that that could play a really big factor in this one, uh, keeping the ball away from Bangs' offense. Yeah, I think the the key is that as well as the battle in the trenches. I mean, if you control the line of scrimmage, especially with two teams that like to run the ball, maybe penetrate the backfield um, with with Bangs. If you're Sonora, get penetration to the backfield, contain Ethan Sanchez, their quarterback Ethan Cortez. Not to get them confused, <laughs> uh, he can also also run the football. Like I said, they don't really pass much. So if you control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, then you should obviously have a, a good chance of winning this one. Well, um, and Bangs' defense, you know, just uh, – and like I said, maybe not the toughest non-district schedule out there. And, you know, through district, they've allowed just 15 points. Uh, zero – they held uh, Grape Creek scoreless and then Ingram Moore only 15. But then if you just look at their non-district, they only gave up uh, 34 points in four games. So, I mean, their defense has played well. But, again, how, how good are we saying that all of these other teams are? <laughs> because uh, if you're trying to find, like, the whole rabbit hole of, well, El Dorado played winners and then Sonora beat El Dorado and then, you know, that kind of stuff, it's like, well, okay, well, the, well they beat winners 42-19. to 19. El Dorado put, like, 50 up against winners, I think. And then it was like a two-point win in overtime for Sonora. So, yeah, if we want to make common opponents and all of that, I know other than, besides the district ones that I've already played. <laughs> but if you really want to get into like some some weird just, type just of stuff. create a web. Some weird stuff, <laughs> yeah, like the spider web. You see the guy with the, all the pins on the wall and the yarn, uh, some old-school old school tracing. Um, some detective kind of uh, stuff. No, I, I'm, I'm with you, though. I feel like this is going to be one of the better games of the week. And I, I really hope Sonora pulls this out because I think it would be exciting to see two of our teams, Sonora and Ballinger, battle it out for a district championship. Bangs entering this game, like I already said, undefeated. Sonora riding high on a three-game winning streak. They're 3-4, and 2-0 and in District 2-3A Division 2. 7 p.m. Broncos Stadium, if you can be there. Uh, one of the better games in the Concho Valley this week. 7-1 and one Ballinger. They are... Facing off against Ingram Moore, five and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ingram Moore, they had that hot non-district start. Uh, they've lost the last two games. Warrior Stadium, that one's on the road for Ballinger. They're favored by eighteen points. That's the Bearcats favored by eighteen points. I don't, I don't know if that's just from a Ballinger's. You know, offense is not necessarily the the most up tempo type thing. It's not that they don't throw the ball. They don't run up. They they run out of the shotgun a lot of the time. Uh, just heading back to Ingram Moore's non-district schedule, you, we've talked about Mason and Ozona's district. They played a lot of those teams, and I mean that's kind of why I feel like Ingram Moore has the record they have right now. Once they got into district, now they're playing to the they played the two best teams 
or no, two of the best teams. Let me rephrase that. I haven't played Ballinger yet. They're clearly playing them this week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I I feel like Ballinger should should beat Ingram more by 18, but I've, I felt like Ballinger should have beaten teams by more than what they've beaten them, like Breckenridge this year. I felt like, you know, I think they held Breckenridge scoreless, but it was a 13-0 to zero or 20-0 to zero game. You know, it's just a matter, I, I think, of – what Ballinger does offensively and really at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much they beat them by as long as you get the win and I feel like Ballinger's going to do that I think that's the consensus I think that's the consensus here is Ballinger will come out with the win over Ingram Moore the other t- the other matchup in that district Brady at Grape Creek uh, Eagle Stadium 7pm Brady favored by 15 in that one um yeah, Brady should win, but then again, Grape Creek has they've well clearly clearly have struggled in recent weeks. Um, you know, getting shut out the first two games of, di- uh, of district is not a a good start, and the amount of points they've given up a hundred and three, I think, is what it is. You know, that's that's never a good sign. But the Grape Creek defense was doing well in non district and. Brady just kind of seen where they were last week against Sonora. I was a little surprised that Sonora beat them as badly as they did. Was it forty-four to thirteen, or you know, it, it was a at least a thirty-point or nearly a thirty-point deficit. So, I mean, yeah, should Brady win this game? I, yeah, they should. But Grape Creek could hang around and make it interesting. I think District fourteen two A Division one. We're gonna try and speed it up here. Uh, Ozona. On the road at Harper, 7.30 p.m. Longhorn Field, Ozona favored by 21. Brackettville at Mason, who has won four straight, 7.30 p.m. Our Clint Schultz Stadium, Mason favored by 52. I say we speed it up because, I mean, that that should be two wins for for our Concho Valley teams. Ozona over Harper, Mason over Brackettville. District 14 to a Division Two. This could be one of the games of the week, uh, especially for 11-man. Number eight, Cristobal, going on the road at El Dorado. It's a game that's had a ton of significance the past couple years. Uh, Larry Mitchell Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Cristobal's favored by three points. Both of these teams, Cristobal and El Dorado, sit at 2-0 in District 14-2A Division Two. It could decide a district title. It could decide whether or not we have a three-way tie. Who knows? Yeah, it sets district. up a lot of interesting things because, you know, while I was kind of over here on my soapbox or not a soapbox but i'm I, you know I'm, I'm over here saying that this is probably the district title game and i still believe that it is i think the winner of this game ultimately takes the district title but you know i i think also you can't discredit junction they're two and oh they're right there in the mix of it uh and they've got a big game also that we'll we'll hit on quick uh probably pretty quickly here but you know yeah the, the last two years cristobal beats El Dorado in the final game of the season forces that three-way tie in 2018-2019. Last game of the year again, El Dorado beats Cristobal barely. I mean, it was a defensive game last year. A lot of turnovers in that one. Yeah, a lot of turnovers. (laughs) The defenses were were the shining stars uh, last year, and then El Dorado gets the outright title. So, Eldo's won two district titles in a row. Cristobal, you know, this has kind of developed into a rivalry within you know you look at el dorado as a traditional rival at sonora but nowadays i think think the kids will 
tell you it's these are the two that have bad blood and i mean i think if you're looking at just a quick analysis of it if el dorado contains Braden wilcox which every team going into a game against cristobal is keen on Braden wilcox then yeah you might have some success but one of the things that coach otho pointed out yesterday when we talked to him was he, he feels like the skills skill guys that he has at receiver and also Josh Vaba at running back, you know, that opens things up to where, hey, if, okay, well, if you stop Braden, it's not the end of the world for us. Where I felt like maybe in recent recent years with it, it's if you shut Braden down, then you're done. Like, or they're done. Um, yeah, that will, that will be uh, probably the biggest thing for El Dorado is being able to shut down number 10. Number 10 has been... I mean, I, I, it's hard to really Electric. put into words. Yeah, the kid is an athlete. He's impressive as a runner. Um, still working on getting getting that th his his pass down. I feel like it's gotten a lot better than it has. So you know, yeah, he it, said he's been working on it during the off season. I think we've, we've yeah, well, and it's progressed. It. It's progressed each week. I think we've seen it this season. I actually have that written down as my key for El Dorado: contain Wilcox, generate turnovers, and capitalize on them. Yes. Yes, contain Wilcox should be your number one on the ground. I do like my chances if I'm El Dorado. If you can do that and force him to throw, obviously, because I'm I mean Wilcox, he can just he can. How do I put this into words? He can just shred you on the ground. Yeah, you got to make legs. tackles. You be, you're gonna have to tackle this yeah. kid. You're like the El Dorado this down week. Physically. This week, El Dorado, <laughs> and I will find out what they've been doing. But I I feel like El Dorado this week. If one thing that I'm working on, if I'm Coach Long, is the driving the, the legit just tackle <laughs> drill like hey this is how we tackle we don't arm tackle like that you know that that whole uh when going back to like junior high days or peewee football just putting the helmet on the chest and but because yeah that the, he'll he's elusive he'll 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 break your legs he'll uh he had to play last week against menard where it looked like a busted play went right cut left broke about six tackles and then, you know, I think it ended up being like a 45-yard touchdown run Sometimes I feel like Wilcox is better when he's improvising. Oh, yeah. It's, fun. it's so fun to watch. And, and those are the best players to watch. And that's why he's one, of, he's one of my favorites to watch in the Concho Valley. But without just giving all of this credit in the world to Cristobal, look, El Dorado is a good football team. Their record's not going – their non-district record doesn't show it, but they played good teams. We've said that before. Uh I, they as far as common opponents, they both played Wink pretty well. Cristobal, I would say, kind of gets the upper hand with how they played Wink because they had a lead going into to the later stages of a game. Uh, El Dorado was it, it was more of a hot start. I actually and have those those scores. So Cristobal hit it they, up. They lost to Wink thirty six twenty one. El Dorado sixty one forty six. That was a loss. Yeah, and I guess what I was just going to yeah, say they, is Eldo, Eldo is the first half, and then Wink in the second half kind of just took off with it. And then the Sonora game, yeah, the both both really close, where Cristobal had to play catch-up, and El Dorado, you know, they lost in overtime by two. Double OT. Yeah, so. Crazy. Um, this is, I feel like they're really evenly matched. I, I do. Um, the skill skill players for El Dorado, we've talked about it before. Uh, Corbin Covarrubias is is someone that we talk about Braden Wilcox being a runner. He He's dynamic on the ground. And I think that as just a passer, he's better than Wilcox. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, they, they've they talked about 
his teammates joking around about him being like Mahomes and <laughs> him trying to make Mahomes-esque plays. And I think, you know, while that's awesome, but you got to rein that in to make to make good plays and not have turnovers. And I think that's one of the things that they've been working on with him is trying to get him to, you know, check down and not make maybe a, an errant throw that gets picked off or something like that. So, I yeah, w with the skill players, they match up pretty well. You get Cooper Metter as well, James Kimball mm -hmm. for El Dorado. Um, I think the the Eagles, I think they, I think they do have the size advantage on Cristobal. We'll, they do. We'll, we'll see how that kind of factors into the game plan for El Dorado and Coach Long. Uh, it should be an extremely, extremely good game. I'm kind of sad I'm not going to be able to go to this one. I, I'm too. Yeah, <laughs> I really wanted – this would be – besides Sterling City and Westbrook, this is my – I'd say this is the second best game of the week in the Concho Valley. And, like, I know that it's not – that it's you, per, previous years can build this game up to the hype that it, it deserves, but I also feel like just from a overall competitive – just rivalry just district implications playoff implications you know this this is a lot there's a lot of stuff riding on this game and with how close these two uh cities are Cristobal and El Dorado you know it's gonna be a good atmosphere at Larry Mitchell Stadium who do you which got is one of my favorite um who do you, who do you, the, the ultimate question of this who is do a I hard have. one to pick it, it is I'm back and forth on this for for weeks now it is uh I think I kind of know your answer I think I'm gonna go Cristobal I I have gone Cristobal, I've gone El Dorado, I've gone Cristobal, Back I've and gone forth El, all week. I mean really <laughs> like I'm not it's not something that I'm losing sleep over but I mean at the same time like I really feel like it's that evenly matched game and, and then you know I get up here and say this kind of stuff and I could be completely wrong. Um my gut feeling though has told me that El Dorado is going to win this game. I I think that El like I I want Chris in a way. I want Cristobal to have that success because I've been, I I love watching Braden Wilcox do what he does. Coach Otho is awesome. Not to say that Coach Long's not awesome. I like both of these football teams a lot, and so it's hard to pick between both of them. And I feel like once playoffs arrive, being that they're in a weaker region in Region Four now, that we could maybe see a rematch of this. Um, and I think Dave Campbell's got Cristobal, based on computer and everything, go into the state semifinals right now. So, yeah, maybe from a rank standpoint, I want Cristobal to win so that they keep that going and, and you know, can move up those rankings and everything. But really, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, I mean, I think El Dorado wins by, like, the spread of three points. <laughs> um, I'd say maybe a touchdown or, or it's going to be one of those that goes into the fourth quarter and I feel like, El Dorado just squeaks it out just based on a I would say and this is I think from an adjustment standpoint El Dorado is going to the reason I feel this way is adjustments just coaching adjustments I agree it's going to be a good one man it is number eight Cristobal at El Dorado we'll see what happens I'm excited to see uh, Rachel Turnock from KSAN's going out there to shoot the highlights. Um, I'm excited to see what she comes back with highlight wise. Better be good highlights. Should be should be I'm pretty good. <laughs> 7:30 p.m. Larry Mitchell Stadium. We talked about Junction, who Dave Campbell's actually has as the runner up in District 14 to a Division Two. Uh, they are hosting Rock Springs. Uh, more of a I would you say a surprise team. Uh, this year they they count them out. They've definitely improved this year. Uh, Junction's favored by eleven in that one. I don't know how to feel about this one either. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like if you had asked me a few weeks ago, because I, well, before the district season started, I was not very high on Rock Springs, but just seeing kind of how they played Cristobal and Eldo um, in the first half and then both teams eventually pulling away to beat Rock Springs. I think that that goes back to making adjustments and everything like that. But I think that Rock Springs is a, a much improved team, like you said. And Junction, the part that worries me is just while they're, they're on a – they're riding a winning streak that dates back to week two, I'm pretty sure, or, or week th- – I think it's like week three – week four. Week, week three they or lost four. Mason. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, the Mason game. I, I forget about that one. But they're, you know, riding a riding – a, the positives, I guess. I, I for some reason though, I just feel like, and it's not any disrespect to Junction. I coming into the year wanted Junction to. Fin- I thought Junction might actually finish second in this district. They they still could, but this will be a telltale sign, I think, for how good of a football team Junction is because their first two opponents in district are not necessarily the greatest out there right Jun- now. Yeah, Junction sitting at 5 and 2, 2 and 0 oh in district. Uh Rock Springs dropping the last two games. We'll see what happens at Eagle Stadium. You have Miles traveling to Menard, two mm. programs who are just hungry for a win. Miles favored by 19 in that one. I do agree with that uh, yeah. with that spread. Moving to District 81A Division 1 and we have our heavyweight game now, of the week. Our championship our championship our championship title match number two sterling city versus number one westbrook both teams sit at seven and oh uh what does what does six man football have as as the spread for this game they have sterling city as five point underdogs that makes you very mad no it doesn't make me <laughs> mad i just look westbrook's good and that would it's not going to be a surprise if they beat sterling city but i also feel like sterling city should I, I personally think Sterling City is going to win this game. And it might be a bias just because we cover Sterling City. Been around that team a lot this year. Um, and I feel like they are an overall just sound group. Throwing as much, many cliches as I can. But, you know, they've, they've talked about their depth. They talk about their speed. Uh, they've got a, they got a week off. Uh, and basically, their bye week got moved up, which is awesome for them because Westbrook would have been on the bye. So they both get bye weeks pretty much for their biggest game of the season and both have played really good teams this year. Uh, yeah. I, I should expect nothing I, nothing less than I, both teams giving, I mean, pretty much everything they have with that bye week. Uh, so I know we went out to Sterling City. Coach Cisco says that this is the best that they've looked and felt since two days. This is the first day, two days. That's saying a lot. Uh, and then you mentioned Westbrook. They had that week off. What what really boils down in this matchup for me is what you mentioned, and it was Sterling City's overall depth. The mm-hmm. 12 players that pretty much play every single game, uh, a ton of experience. You mentioned the, their person-for-person speed. Uh, I know Cisco, Cisco says that, that person-for-person that they are faster than Westbrook. Yeah, which is huge in the six-man game. Yeah, we've we've had this art the not argument, size. but yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> speed has prevailed. Speed has been pre- the prevailing factor when we've talked about this before. But I, I mean, look, the Westbrook is clearly good. I mean, it it would go without saying. It would be disrespectful for a team that's been number one for weeks now to say that they're not a good football team, but. 
one of the things that I think, I guess, kind of stood out to me, well, one was I know they're without one of their key offensive linemen. At, at least that's the word around uh, around the six-man world is that they're out, they're out uh, one of their good offensive linemen is down. Uh, I don't know. You could really say that this is a toss-up, but I, I just feel like Sterling City's got this because of that speed factor. I think that from a from a just comparable opponent with Borden County, um, it's not. I know Sterling City barely had to come back and win that game, but they were up by twenty. It wasn't like they 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 kind of let their foot off the gas in a way. They would have been a bigger like a wider margin of victory. So yeah, I mean th this is a really like it, it, it's pickle in, in a lot of ways. Um, with this football game. And I know Dave Campbell's has Westbrook by one one point. The thing about Westbrook in the Wildcat offense, um, no, they don't run the Wildcat offense. I should no. have worded it like that. But Westbrook and their offense, they're really physical, um, ton of good athletes. I know Coach, uh, Coach Cisco mentioned how they seem to be more disciplined than years past as uh, the team has matured through the years. But one thing about this offense is you're not going to really know what you're going to get from them until a couple possessions in. Because I know they run, Coach Cisco told us that they run uh, a tight set with, with bigger running backs, and then they run a spread set with more speed, and then they tend to choose which, whichever one is working best and then run with that one. It, I think, and I'm, I'm going off the top of my head, but I think Hunter Rich uh, is kind of the lead back. And uh, I don't know his first name, but I think it's Shakur is the one that's been playing quarterback. Those look like the two guys for Westbrook that have been the most productive this season. And, you know, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that it's one of those deals, too, where you shut those guys down at six man. So anyone can, you know, step up any given week and have a good game. But I do think rallying kind of back to where we're, we're starting with this whole Sterling City argument that depth. And Cross Knittle playing the way that he has this year. Hudson Cox has is, is been a standout on offense. Chance Ferguson has played well on defense and, and one of those guys that you can always rely on to go up and get you a ball because he's he's just bigger like height-wise than a lot of kids <laughs> out on the field. Uh, guy's a, a moving tree or a walking <laughs> skyscraper. He'll just go up and get one. Um, you know, I, I don't think that you know, Francisco Gonzalez, I can't leave him out either. He's played really well. Uh, he's been a dynamic runner for them. So, you know, I, I, those are all starting guys, uh, but that that's just proves the, the depth level. Like, they really do have guys where, okay, if you want a key on one, we'll, we'll change it up and we'll give it to someone mm -hmm. else. And, you know, I think that's a big – big factor it's, it's great i mean there's six people on the field i think you just reeled off four or five names that well, that, that, that teams really need it's to, it's hard to off. break down six man games like it is 11 man games because I, and maybe that just for me it is because it's like yeah okay what what do we know yes they're both quick football teams is where we're comparing the speed okay are we going to line the kids up on the yeah. goal line and make them run a 40 yard dash and say sterling city's faster okay it yeah, from just looking at them when they played Westbrook played Water Valley, I feel like Westbrook's a little bit of a bigger team. It might be because they've got the old school like shoulder pads that look like they bump battleships. Yeah, bump up their <laughs> shoulders and everything. That's what it looked like to me. Um, 
I had those in middle school. That all the intimidator, yeah, the intimidator that make you look a little bit bigger than what you are. Uh, Who knows? They 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 could be bigger than you know. I've only seen them play one game, uh, and it was against a team that has now kind of emerged as a good football team in Water Valley. But the fact that they beat them so handedly kind of shows you, you know, that this is not they're 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 good. Westbrook's good, and I think it's without me rambling on for, you know minutes without any substance <laughs> substance in this tangents like there there's six teams still undefeated in 1a division one i think there's like eight left in six-man football you know cl- the fact that you're in eight weeks of the season and and one of those teams still left you have to be doing something right and especially with the non-district schedule that both teams played and one of the things i will say and i, I kind of realize that I don't have as much time to do this as much anymore but regardless of the outcome I think that it's not going to be the worst thing in the world to lose this game if you're Sterling City or Westbrook because it throws you on a different side of the bracket in uh, you know the the region two and where you might not have to play Rankin in the second round and then have to go through the other team again in the regional finals or you might have to you know it's like two harder matchups then you can make the argument that Hermley's they're they're actually one of those undefeated teams still left so I mean that's it's it's apples and and oranges as they say (laughs) it's not the worst case scenario for the team that loses and and especially with like the rankings if we're just talking about rankings i i I think the team that loses i think they'll just switch spots yeah no it really (laughs) will be probable i mean it'd be hard for to make the case that when both have beaten borden county and they're the third team in the state it'd be hard to to do that but it really like truly at the end of the day it, it does not matter these state rankings are fun for us I think it's fun for for a lot of the players to say, "Yeah, we were ranked at one point." the The biggest thing the, that these kids are focused on right now is getting a district championship. And while this is an awesome game because it showcases the number one and number two team, who have, like I said, five weeks now, it's been that way. and And I think a lot of people in six man have been waiting for this game because <laughs> of that. But the bigger thing that this game will ultimately I'm willing to say, unless Highland has a an awesome game against Sterling City here next Saturday, that this game will probably decide the district championship. I, I just Westbrook's already beat Highland. If Sterling City wins, then you know you have to beat Highland as well. But I feel like this is the the district championship pretty much, and that's what the kids want. This is that's what they're going for right now. And then let them get into the playoffs and and do their thing. Sterling City hasn't won a district championship in a long in, in, in a while and I can't even tell you the last time it's been um they've it's been one of those elusive things that they've just failed to capture so here's their chance right here exactly number two Sterling City number one Westbrook both teams undefeated we'll see we'll definitely have post game I say post game react post pod reaction on yeah Saturday. I'll probably end up calling Trey Cisco and seeing seeing what's going on and just even win or lose we'll have him probably Get some we'll, some sound on inside the game later. Yeah, we can also have that sound on locker room rewind for Saturday's show as well. Welcome back, Highland. I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned them. They've been dealing with some COVID nineteen related issues. They're back in action, hosting Robert Lee in that district as well. 
Highland favored by 35 points. Robert Lee coming off that emotional win in the Coke County rivalry against mm-hmm. Bront, 43-42. Um, I, I I see Highland winning that one. Yeah, I think yeah Highland. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna go. Yeah, it's Highland. <laughs> in District 14-2A Division One, uh, another big matchup here uh, for Concho Valley teams. Water Valley traveling to Eden, a healthy Eden team. Uh, don't look. Don't overlook that uh, that that two and five record. The the story, everything points to com, you know computers point to it. Just recent how things have gone in the past, you know, the season and then recent weeks, just with how one team has kind of emerged as the clear favorite. Points to Water Valley winning this game. I think the six man football has them favored to, to Mercy Rule Eden. I don't think that's going to happen. That's crazy. I, the, look, this is what it boils down to. Eden, when when I, when we before the season started, we knew they had good football players. They've got Hunter Rogers and Julian Gamboa. Those two guys alone are are great football players, like great six man football players. And they've been a little. Hunter Rogers has been nicked up. Um, you know, I think that I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I'm not going to be shocked if Eden wins this game. Like, I, I think that Water Valley will win it, but I'm not going to be shocked if Eden wins it. And I think a lot of people will have kind of looked down on Eden after the gauntlet of non-district schedule that they played. You know, they get healthy coming into district, and, and they dominated very best. They've they've had a week to prepare for this game. With the, They're coming off a of bye week. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Eden... Because this is their this is a chance for them to to say, hey, well, we've been we were the district favorites yeah, coming earn, into earn the year. Back. Like, I mean, they, it's not like this is just like we're just out of the blue, just starting to say, oh, well, Eden this, Eden this. I mean, it's Eden. Eden has been kind of they they've been a little disappointing this year, and a lot of it's been because of injuries. No, my my main thing is there's a couple things to watch here, and it's this healthy Eden team if they can find find a rhythm on offense, put up points. Um, and then Water Valley versus the pass, I think is also a, a, a big key to watch. And Eden, they like to throw the ball. Hunter Rogers, they like to throw the ball. Caleb Tinney uh, a, a, is, an, is another name for, for Eden who's really stepped up this year. Yeah, no, um, he's a guy that if you want to throw a third wheel, like kind of option in there for them as far as dynamic playmakers with just like just talent, like an, a, a natural athlete, he's, yes, he's – one that I forgot, and he needs to be included into that. Water Valley riding a three-game winning streak. Eden looking to get some respect back. 7.30 p.m. Sanders Field. Uh, we will see what happens there. And then the final team in District 14 to a Division One, Paint Rock going on the road to very best Falcon Field. Uh, I know Dave Campbell's has Paint Rock by one. I don't think that – I think very best will probably win this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I was, was wondering what six man football had. Oh, I can. Yeah, I can pull that up really quick. I don't even know if um, I even wrote that down we'll because I felt like I felt like that was a little weird. Now, with Dave, Dave Campbell's is more geared towards eleven man, I, and that's not a knock on Dave Campbell's <laughs> at all. Don't I, take that as a knock. Yeah, people that listen <laughs> don't like. We respect Dave Campbell's. I I love everything that they do and. They, they make do a really good job. They yeah, they make our jobs even with covering our local teams like just add information for us to talk about. Like, how could I complain about that? The, th- um, the thing about it though is this Paint Rock team is it's a, they're they're extremely young. 
Uh, yeah, they're a th- 36 seven. underdog to very best. They three. are? Yeah. I'll, I, I would probably take that spread more. Yeah, that's what I mean. And if we want to, you know, I think in past weeks we've been like with a Harris poll and Dave Campbell's an 11 man and then six man we've done the whole combine and like average it out. And just, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I've, I feel like very best is better than paint rock. Go ahead. What was your point? Though, oh yeah. I never you? made that point. I, my mind just drew shot uh, paint rock. I mean, they're just extremely young. I think seven of 14 of their kids have never played high school football before, which yeah, if, if you're, you're which is saying a lot, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress over there in paint rock. And and they're they've got two good guys, the Wooten the Wooten father son. I was about to say yeah. brothers, the Wooten <laughs> father son duo. Yeah, that's that's good for them to have out there because they they both the times I've spoken with them both good 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 men, and I think that's what you need is if you put good men into a program that develops character and character can translate onto a football field. Well, mental aspect of football is so underrated, especially with. 16 17 and 18 year old kids you, you know that's why it makes this so much fun is on any given week while we can sit up here and say so and so is favored by this amount of points you know something can change just like with the you know snap of a finger and and make things a whole lot interesting and and that's what i enjoy about it and at the end of the day it's yeah these are football games and and we we get excited about it uh because it's fun to watch, it's fun to cover for us. But you know, really, a lot of the coaches, I, w- I wouldn't say that there's a coach here in the Concho Valley that I would say that although they're they're not a good human being, mm-hmm. and I truly mean that. And then the point I guess I'm trying to make is the the ultimate goal of these coaches, yeah, they want to win football games and stuff, but it's to develop young men, and I think a lo- they all do a, a really good job with that here. Uh, with our area teams. No, and in knowing these 25 coaches, it's safe to say that I I would love to play for every one of them. Yeah. It's they're just that great and they you can just by talking to them, you just know that they care about more than just winning and that's that's extremely huge especially for what football has to offer uh in terms of teaching life lessons and uh you know, just your life in just improving your life outside of the sidelines it's 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 big uh just to wrap this thing up real quick some games to watch uh just going back through the list bang sonora uh that's going to be huge at broncos stadium cristobal el dorado that's going to be big larry mitchell stadium all of these in the concho valley uh water valley and eden also huge if you want to score watch maybe find a stream for sterling city in westbrook uh that's going to be huge at wildcat stadium and then central friendship i know there's a link uh, for for that one, if you want to watch the Bobcats, just really quick, let's game. And because they're the only reason I do this is because there are so many interesting matchups. What would you say is your your feeling? Like, what would you pick if you had a chance to go out to any of these games? Which one would you want to go and and stay for four quarters and watch? I think it's a toss up between Cristobal El Dorado and Sterling City Westbrook. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. I. I think just because it's the number one and the number two team in the state, I'd probably. I think Sterling I think it would City depend Westbrook. on what mood I'm in. Do I want to watch an eleven man game or do I want to watch a six man? And and I think that could just kind of give you the answer in a way, like yeah. it, for <laughs> what two games are really at the top of eleven man Cristobal Eldo, and then and six man it's it's the the, the it, there's no question about it. Like I the, there was really 
not any sort of debate coming into this week by anyone that this game was going to not be huge for both programs. Big games in week nine and week five. We will have reaction uh, on Saturday. Uh, just less than 24 hours after it all happened, you'll probably get a tired Jaden. You'll probably get a tired mm. me. Uh, whoever we have as a guest, if we find one, I, we're still looking. And, we might try and to get wink. old. We might try to get Houston guy on here. We'll see what how he's feeling. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do a Saturday practice or anything like that, but we'll see. Still wearing no promises. Still weighing our options there, but it should. He doesn't be. even know that, so let's let's. Uh, <laughs> We'll keep that a secret. Let's between, keep that on the download between us, between and, us and the listeners. So <laughs> if anyone in Wall wants to just be like, "Hey, you, you this going on the podcast?" and uh, what are they? What are you talking about? Yeah. Kind of thing. If we have any Wall listeners, that'll be that'll be our secret. We'll go ahead and wrap this up though. Uh, tune in to to the webcast on Saturday, two p.m. The KLSCK San Facebook pages. Hey, this is my first plug all show. You should be happy for me. I am proud you of you. Should be proud of me. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search CVHP Locker Room Rewind. Uh, hit the subscribe button. You can get notifications uh, whenever we post new content. Preview episodes every Wednesday. Recap episodes every Saturday. Should be some pretty insightful things coming out of that Saturday so show. So make sure you tune in to that. Until then, uh, you guys just have a great day.